Hey everybody, this is Doug Benson, and you're listening to the Grow From Your Heart podcast, hosted by my buddy, Rasta Jeff. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Yeah, welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 802 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a great show planned for us. In this episode, I'm going to give away free seeds. That's right, I've teamed up with our friends at seedsherenow.com to give away free Irie genetic seeds. Hang out, we'll talk more about the free seeds later in this episode. I do want to remind you that Team Irie Genetics will be at the Dude Grows Cup in La Porte, Colorado on June 3rd. Make sure you check out dgccup.com for all the info. Grab those tickets because the event is almost sold out. Also, make sure you check out the fresh drop and restock at iriedirect.com. That's right, Orangegasm is back in stock at iriedirect.com. Go grab some Orangegasm, get some Lemon Jeffrey, get some Golden Goat, some Bubble Goat. There should be some chemical cocktail available. And of course, every order does come with free seeds at iriedirect.com. Go see what's in stock. Grab those beans before they do sell out. All right, I think that is all of the business we need to cover here at the start of the podcast. I do have a bunch of great messages here right in front of me. Let's jump into our favorite portion of the show. Let's jump into the question and answer portion of today's podcast. This first question did come from the Grow Help tab on the Irie Genetics website. If you go to my website, iriegenetics.com, on the top, there's a row of tabs. One of them does say Grow Help or Grow Questions. Click on that tab. We'll ask you a couple of questions. You'll get the opportunity to type in your Grow Question. And of course, if I read your question on the podcast, you do win a free pack of seeds. This first message came from our friend who wants to be known as Ryo Tan. Congratulations, Ryo Tan. You have won a free pack of Irie Genetics seeds. Please send me a follow-up email with your real name and your shipping address, and I'd be more than happy to get a pack of seeds in the mail to you. Let's keep going. The message does go a little bit like this. It says, hello, Rasta Jeff. Hello, my friend, Ryo Tan. Great to meet you. It says, are there environmental conditions that can induce a female cannabis plant to produce pollen? I like your show. Keep up the good work from your friend. Ro- oh, I've been saying that wrong. That's Roe Tan, R-O-I-T-A-N. I apologize for pronouncing that incorrectly the first time. I was doing the I first. It is Roe Tan, I think is how I would say that. Thank you for the great message, bro. This is a great question. Um, are there conditions, environmental conditions and or factors that will induce a female cannabis plant to produce pollen? Now, this is a great question, but it puts a lot of thoughts in my mind and sends me down a lot of different avenues of thinking. If the female cannabis plant is putting off pollen, it has probably got some sort of intersex trait or it has gone way too long in the flowering cycle. So let me back up. I say this a lot of times. Not everybody listens to every episode. Cannabis's main goal, the cannabis plant's number one goal, we think it's to get us high, right? We love that. That's just a side effect of cannabis. Cannabis's number one goal, its whole goal in life for that plant is to reproduce. The female plants want to receive pollen so that they can make seeds, so they can continue their generation next year. And just like you, the male plant's whole goal in life is to reproduce. That male plant wants to get nice and tall, drop pollen onto some ladies. That way the lady will receive the pollen. She'll produce seeds. She'll drop the seeds into the earth. That male and female plant will die at the end of the season. But guess what? Next year, they get to continue their genetics through the seeds that they made. And those plants get to keep going 
That is cannabis's main goal is to reproduce and survive for next year. Now in our grow rooms, we are preventing the seeds from happening. One of our main goals is to stop the seed production from happening. We do that by eliminating the male plants and not having any pollen in the room. Now here's another thing I'm sure I've said on this podcast before. It is the Jurassic Park theory. Nature always finds a way. So even if we do remove those male plants from that grow room, remove that pollen from the room, given the right conditions, given enough time, that female plant may produce seeds. Now, I'm not sure that that plant is going to produce pollen specifically. If pollen is coming from that female plant, that means we've got a male flower on that female plant, which means that now that plant is possibly labeled intersex, depending on how long we let it flower. If you let almost any plant go for long enough, not, not your hazes, those hazes, those long 16-week flowering plants, take those out of this equation. If you take a normal nine or 10 week, eight or nine, 10 week flowering hybrid and you let it go for 16 weeks, that plant will start to show intersex traits and it possibly will produce pollen, if not just seed itself. So there are some conditions that can occur in our grow room or even outside that will encourage a female plant to try to reproduce on its own. And that's if it does rotalization, which is by going too long in the flowering phase, eventually that plant will just produce its own flowers or sometimes going too long or messing up certain environmental factors or feeds or light. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a second. Some of those things will encourage that plant to show intersex traits and those intersex flowers, those male flowers can pollinate that female plant. Now, the question was, are there environmental conditions? Yes, let's talk about some of the environmental conditions that can cause, I don't know if we want to call this intersex. I don't know if we want to lead up to rotalization. There are a lot of options here, but let's talk about some of the environmental conditions that will cause, uh, I'm going to say seeds in your plant, because maybe not pollen, but these are some things that will cause seeds in the plant, because pollen's more rare, but seeds are uh, not, not uncommon in cannabis. So uh, the plants could just be intersex. They could be intersex. That could just be the plant's genetics. Sometimes a plant has male and female chromosomes in there. It's an intersex plant. It will create seeds on its own. That is a factor, not environmental. Sometimes the environment will bring it out, but sometimes it's just the genetics. Sometimes uh, light interruptions in the dark period can cause intersex traits, uh, which will lead to seeds. So if your plant was on 12-12 for a couple of weeks and one day your timer failed and it stayed on for 24 hours, that's a good possibility of getting seeds in that room. Over and under feeding our plants early in the flowering phase can also lead to seeds or intersex traits. Things like overfeeding, underfeeding, overwatering, underwatering, also high and low temperatures can definitely lead to the intersex trait, which will lead to seeds in our product. Too high and too low of humidity can lead to intersex or seeds in the product. Another method that I've talked about earlier on this podcast is called rotalization. What that is, like I said before, if we take a nine or 10 week flowering cannabis plant and we stretch it out to 15 or 16 weeks, eventually that plant will produce its own seeds if we don't cut it down. That plant wants to survive. Its whole goal is to make seeds. That female plant's just going, I gotta make seeds, I gotta make seeds. And like I said before, nature does find a way. So there are many environmental things that can cause this. Most of them are going to be swings. Um, inconsistencies and swings. If you've got something happening regularly and then something goes wildly out of control, that's most of the time when we do see these problems in the grow. So you're asking about pollen. Pollen is less common than seeds. Um, to get pollen, most of the time you've got to do reversals. 
Um, if you're getting pollen, you've probably got an intersex plant. And a lot of times, uh, late in flower, those male flowers that pop up in a female plant, those are mostly sterile. You got to be more concerned about the early intersex flowers. Those are what, gonna, what are going to produce pollen most of the time. Now, here's a random rant attached to this. A lot of people are going to say, if that plant produces pollen and you get seeds, those seeds will all be females. Guess what? That is not 100% accurate. If you have a plant in your grow room that was a female plant, we thought it was a female and pollen came from that plant, there's an issue with that plant. Whatever plant it's seeded, it's going to produce seeds. Those seeds are going to carry that potential problem. However those uh, seeds were formed, however that pollen happened, that's an issue in my opinion because we should not have pollen in the flower room those seeds possibly do contain that problematic gene. So if your grow room produced seeds and you do not have any true males in that room or you did not reverse anything, it is a very inaccurate assumption to believe that all of those seeds will be female. There is no reason to believe that those seeds will be female. Those are possibly potentially problematic seeds. They came from a problematic plant. So keep that in mind. Now, let me go back and make sure I answer this question. I think we covered it. Are there environmental conditions that will in induce a female to produce pollen? So pollen isn't going to be as common as my final answer, but seeds are definitely more likely. Intersex plants are very likely. And once again, a lot of those things are caused by over and under feeding, uh, out of control temperature, drastic swings, and of course, dark period interruptions. All right. I feel like I rambled on long enough about this question. My buddy, Roey Tan, thank you for the great question. Of course, I do owe you a free pack of seeds. So please do send me a follow-up email with your shipping address. And please do include a real name because I have to hand deliver these boxes to the post office. And I don't like putting like Joe Smokes Fat Blunts at Hotmail.com as your name. That shit doesn't look good. Please give me a real name and a safe address to send your seeds to you. All right, I've got another great question here. This one came from our buddy Grumpy Toad. No need to be so grumpy, bro. Cheer it up. It's a toad's life. This question says, I've heard you discuss purple pedials a couple of times. I'd like to get your thoughts on how to prevent them right from square one. All right, so let's back up a little bit. In several episodes, when I talk about defoliation, I talk about pulling off any leaf which has got a purple petiole. That's the long stem. So you got those big leaves. There are short leaves on your plant, little leaves. And you got bigger leaves with the long stem coming out of the bud. That long stem is the petiole. I've heard it called the petiole, the petiole. Today, we're going to say petiole because that's just how I fucking say it. But uh, I always talk about pulling off any leaves with purple petioles in a commercial grow. I do heavy defoliation in a commercial grow facility because in my experience, in my opinion, those big leaves are where a lot of the problems begin. That's where your powdery mildew happens. That's where the bugs like to hang out. If you're removing those big leaves, that's just less camping spots for powdery mildew and for bugs. And also then we allow more airflow. We allow more light penetration. It's just beneficial in many different ways. The reason I say and train people to take off those leaves with the purple petioles is because those are usually the older, bigger leaves. It's real obvious. It's a real easy training technique. That's why I do it. If I tell a bunch of guys or gals that are going into the grow, take off all of the purple petiole leaves. That's a really easy thing to identify and they can take it off. They don't have to come keep asking me, should I take this leaf? Should I take this one? Is that petiole purple? Pull that fucker off. Let's keep moving. So that's just a training technique and kind of a training method for me. The reason that works, like I said, is because those are usually the bigger, older leaves. Those are going to be the leaves that are blocking the light. Those are going to be the leaves that are also going to attract and house those bugs and problems should they show up. So that is mainly why I pull those big leaves off. Not always is there a problem with those big leaves. Um, this person is asking, how do I prevent that from square one? 
Thanks. I love the podcast and the genetics as well. Peace from Grumpy Toad. Um, now, sometimes those purple petioles are unpreventable. Sometimes that is just genetics. Sometimes your plant is going to do that. Uh, Girl Scout cookies and cookies crosses uh, oftentimes are going to make purple petioles if you grow them correctly. Um, when my Girl Scout cookies gets black leaves and looks real dark and the purple petioles are real almost burgundy and maroon, that was when the Girl Scout cookies flowers tasted the best. The pH was low, the EC was low, and those plants were just barely eating, almost starving, but they tasted so good when you smoked them. So those always made purple petioles. So that was kind of a desirable trait. And I think that was sort of genetics. I've got a couple of plants, the machine. There's a phenotype of the machine that no matter what you do, the petioles will be purple. It's not a problem. It's just a pigment in the plant. So it's not always going to be something you can prevent. And it's not a problem. Purple petioles are not a big deal. Like I said before, it's just a training technique. It was something I was using to show the crew how to defoliate quite quickly in the room. Now, things you can do to uh, monitor and prevent these purple petioles is uh, temperature and nutrition are mainly the causes of the purple petioles. Is it getting cold in the room? Are you feeding the plants enough phosphorus and potassium? Those are going to be the things that lead to that purple. Also, too much light can purple up these petioles a little bit. If you've got too much light in the room, that is one of the things that can be causing the purple petioles. Um, is your water cold? Are your plants sitting in cold water? Um, perhaps you watered earlier today. Um, so the way that I water, I've got a, sometimes it's a three, sometimes it's a seven gallon pot. Let's just say a three gallon pot today. I've got a three gallon pot. It sits in a saucer. If I were to go out of town for the weekend, I would water that three gallon pot until it ran off and halfway filled my saucer. That would buy me an extra day or two of watering. I only do this to bigger plants. They're not going to get root bound. There's no problem, but this is how I buy an extra day or two to go enjoy my weekend. I overwater that saucer a little bit. If that plant is sitting on the floor and that water gets real cold, that will make everything turn purple. You'll, your leaves will get purple. The petioles will get purple. That cold water is going to cause purpleness in that grow. So is there is the water cold? Are the plants sitting on the cold floor? Are you feeding it cold water? Are they sitting in cold water? That could be something leading to your purpling. But like I've said a couple of times, Purple is not always an issue. I'm not taking off the purple leaves because it's a problem. I'm taking them off because it's a simple training technique. And I like to do semi-heavy defoliation. All right, my dude, Grumpy Toad, I hope I answered your question. I don't always remove those purple petioles because they are a problem. A lot of times I'm just removing those as a preventative measure because I do like to do such heavy defoliation. My friend Grumpy Toad, I do owe you a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds because I read your message here on the on the podcast. Please be sure to send me your address. And once again, do include a real name. I can't ship a package to Grumpy Toad that may get noticed and they're going to look at me silly at the post office. All right, let's keep moving because I've got another great question here in front of me. This one came from our friend Lazy. Big shout out to our buddy Lazy. This one is a general grow question and it goes a lot like this. It says, yo Rasta Jeff, what's up Lazy? Good to meet you. It says, I hope all is well with you, my friend. Things are good, bro. I'm hanging out with you guys, recording a podcast. The dogs are chilling, passed out. I'm good and stoned. It is finally cooling down. It was super hot today. It's too early to start bitching about the heat. It's only going to get worse. Let's keep going. It says, I'm currently growing Lemon Jeffrey, and I'm growing with Gaia Green Organic, organic Dry Amendments. Big shout out to uh, Gaia Green Organic Dry Amendments. That's good shit. It says, the garden is currently in week four of flower. I used compost teas yesterday and I noticed a couple of leaves are drying and getting a little bit crispy. 
This could be a lot of things. I wish I had a picture here. That would have helped a lot, but we'll figure this out. It says, I'm not sure what causes this. Maybe the fan is drying it out. So far, it's just a couple of leaves on the side where the fan is, but she is starting to smell amazing. Thank you for all you do Any and any advice you can give. Bro, this is a very common thing that I see when people have grow questions or grow issues. When you see something that you think is probably causing the problem, follow your gut, go with your intuition, trust yourself, trust your instincts. From the things that you have said, it's the fan. It is probably that fan. And you said that in the message. So you're, you've got to trust yourself. You've got, you're smart enough, you're confident enough, and you know what you're talking about. So uh, rely on your gut. Your gut was right. This was the fan. It was a good idea to send me a message and double check, but this sounds like it is the fan. Let's talk about what happens when you put too much wind on your ganja plants. Uh, I think the leaves start to get a papery and dried up texture. They'll get kind of Papery is the best way I can put it. They should be supple, right? They should have some juice to them. But instead, if the fan's been hitting them, they'll get this sound to them. You know what I mean? That 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 They'll get that going on. And they shouldn't sound like that. They should sound like soft and supple and moist. So if they're starting to get crispy because the wind is blowing on them, that is definitely from the fan. If they're turning yellow in that spot, curling up, starting to fall off, that is from the fan. Also, this could be because it is too hot or too dry in your grow room, which also could be from the fan. You're just drying up that area and the plant is just going, bro, I don't know what to do. And it's trying to rescue the rest of the plant and move the moisture around and sacrifice those couple of leaves. It also could be overfed. But bro, when you said right away, it's the fan, I'm just going to go with you and believe that it is the fan. It could also be too much light. It could be a lot of factors. But since I don't have any photos in here and you said the fan right away, we're going to say it's the fan. So if your leaves start to get like a leathery or papery texture, they don't look juicy like they used to, and you haven't overfed or done anything strange and you got a fan blowing right on them, it is probably the fan. I like to have a fan going in the grow room at all times. That's a good idea. We want to keep the air moving. Uh, bugs don't want to build homes where there's a bunch of wind moving. If you got a fan coming around every couple of seconds, spider mites are going to go, bro, this sucks. Let's go somewhere else. And they'll go build somewhere else. Uh, also, I've seen spider mites use the fan to move from one plant to another. So if you've already got them, you're just going to move them around with that. But what we really want, the goal is to have all of the leaves just rustling. We want them moving. We don't want them waving around like the wacky wild inflatable tube man in front of the car dealership, but you just want them moving. You want the leaves. Every leaf should just be moving around and rustling, not all at the same time. If your fan oscillates, make sure that it hits this part of the room and then comes back and hits that part and then hits that part. If you need more than one fan, put more than one fan in there. Something I want to talk about with multiple fans. I had a friend who would try to set up multiple fans in the room to blow and oscillate exactly the same. It looked really cool. It was a neat idea. It looked super organized. It was really nice for the OCD and the ADD, but I don't think that was most beneficial for the room. What we were trying to do is mix the air. All he was doing, what I think was happening, I think if we would have blown smoke in the room, we would have just saw smoke move around the room in a pattern. We want the air to mix. We don't want to just move the air around. We want to mix the air so that we don't get microclimates. If you just move the air around, you're going to have pockets of hot, pockets of cold just moving around. We want to mix that air together. So don't just get your fans organized to blow like this. You're just going to create a wind tunnel. We want a wind blender, not just a tunnel. So that's my advice for that. But my dude, Lazy, 
It does sound like your main issue is just that those fans are blow that fan is blowing on those leaves and drying them out. Just imagine if you went and sat in front of a high-powered fan all day or just a couple of hours. How long would it take for the side of your face where the fan is just to start feel start feeling kind of weird? You ever go to a sporting event or go fishing or just go to a concert, be outside all day facing one direction, and the sun is just hitting you from one side, the fan is hitting you from another, the wind is hitting you from that side. At the end of the day, that whole side just feels fucked up and wind burnt and sunburnt. That's what you're doing to the plants, my dude. So either rotate the plants a little bit or turn down that fan. If you rotate the plants, do it every hour or so, just a little bit so you're not hitting the same exact spot. But my advice, my recommendation would be either to pull the fan back or turn that bad bitch down or turn it off for a little while occasionally. Just give those plants a little bit of a rest. All right, my dude, Lazy, I do want to thank you for the great message. Once again, please do send me your address because you win a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. And of course, that seed giveaway is sponsored by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. Big up to our friends SeedsHereNow.com. Make sure you check them out for regular feminized autoflower and photo period seeds. Let them know Rasta Jeff sent you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends and foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I truly do want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. The email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me those questions, corrections, comments, concerns, constructive criticism, positive feedback. Even if you've got hate mail, don't be shy. Send that my way. I can handle it. Also, if you have grow questions, make sure you go to the website, click on the grow help tab at iregenetics.com. Send me your questions. If I read your question here on the show, you will win a free pack of iregenetic seeds. What's better than free seeds? All right, that is all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back in another week with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy, Joe, the bud tender. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker.